Good morning, and God bless each one of you for being here. I uh, greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. This is again one of those uh, special times that God's people have, I believe, um, at least for now, gather together, encourage one another, and refresh each other, and uh, um, and uh, look into the Word of God. And this morning, uh, we've already had much of that. I'm amazed how God works, and not I don't profess to understand it all either. But this morning when uh, Steve was having devotions and his focus was on the church, I wondered what God was trying to tell us because as I uh, sought the Lord's face for a message, um, it seemed like God was just continually bringing me back to Revelations chapter 21 and 22. And sometimes uh, as pastors, we, uh, I mean, we plead with God, or I do, and sometimes almost to the point agonize, agonizing uh, with uh, finding direction. It's not that there's not a lot to preach about. Don't misunderstand me. But we don't just open the Bible and wherever the Bible falls, or I don't. Uh, I like, and I depend on it, and God is faithful. Always have God speak and say, uh, for you can feel through the Holy Spirit, this is what God, this is what He wants. And so, my spirit had no rest until I said yes, Lord, to Revelations chapter 21 and 22. And I plan to read both of those chapters. Now, we won't be able to cover them, but uh, we'll do what we can in the time we have here. If I would uh, title the message, I should say I... I didn't, didn't even think about titling that much, but you could title it like this. The glory of the bride, the lamb's wife. The glory of the bride, the lamb's wife. And it seems to me, I was just thinking that in light of what Steve shared, and thank you, Steve, for what you shared. Uh, some of those verses we'll be reading again, and I make no apology for it. Um, I'm wondering... Wondering, yeah, I, I think that the uh, the time of Christ coming back for his bride is, we know it's just closer and closer all the time. And uh, uh, just thank you, Abe. I was wondering, just in light of what Steve shared, and then uh, uh, we had that hymn, I Love Thy Kingdom, Lord. It's one of, probably one of my favorite it is probably one of my favorite hymns concerning the church. I love the kingdom, Lord, because it. I do love love the bride of Christ. Anyway, so much for that. So I'm going to read Revelations chapter 21 and 
22. And one reason for reading them both, I think they're, they're just closely connected. If I were to write, if I would have wrote to write these, these chapters, I would have just wrote them in one chapter because they're just connected. They, they just, they're, uh, I wouldn't separate them. Okay, reading, beginning to read. In 21 it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is the thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving the, and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show you, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in spirit, in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates, at the gates, twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measures the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof a hundred and a hundred and forty and four cubits according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, 
the, th- the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth a chrysoprasus, the eleventh a jacinth, and the twelfth an amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple there, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. The city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it on, a, on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets send his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou, do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is athirst come. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. 
Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I don't know what you think of when you read these scriptures. And I want to make it very clear. I don't profess to have perfect understanding of all things in the scriptures. And in the book of Revelations and in the chapters we read here. But I am persuaded there are certain things that we can see and know here. We seek God. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 is where Paul writes, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as, even as also I am known. The book of Revelations is not for a lazy Bible reader. It's heavy reading, maybe even hard sayings at times for us. And God help us lest we be found guilty of violating uh, verses 18 and 19 there in uh, chapter 22. Very serious. And so... uh, we, uh, we certainly want to be very careful, not only with this scripture, but with the whole Bible, lest we violate that. It is, however, the book of Revelations, it is, however, the only book, I think I'm right in that, that promises a blessing to he that readeth, as it says in, in the first chapter, he that readeth and they that Hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. You notice that he used that same phrase there in verse 10 of Revelations 22. We read that when he told the angel, told John, he said, don't seal up the prophecy. Don't seal the sayings of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand. And I'm not quite sure what to read into that. But I think it, it is, I think it is, um, it's for us now. And um, the book of Revelations is not a book to just to be kind of pushed aside and like saying, well, um, you know, something that will be down the road. But it's as it says here, as the angel said, the time is at hand. We need to take heed. We need to hear devotions like our brother had this morning. In regards to this. So. It is in faith that we give ourselves. To the word of God. And especially to the book of revelations. I'd like to bow for a word of prayer. Father in heaven this morning. As we're here before you. And we look into your word. We certainly acknowledge. And confess that we do not have perfect understanding. Of all things. (laughs) And Father, we long for that. And we long for it for the day when uh, the mystery of God shall be finished, as it tells us in Revelations. And so, Father, this morning, as we look into these scriptures here, and especially as we think of the glory of the bride, the Lamb's wife, Father, show us and speak to us concerning those things that you want us to know. For, Father, we, we look to you 
and we depend on you through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So what's the point of this message this morning? Well, I would probably just, uh, a, a simple statement would be, it's just simply to help us see the glory of the bride, the Lamb's wife. That's what I'd like for us to see this morning in this message. As I looked into these, both of these chapters, I had originally thought, you know, we would combine them in one message, but I soon realized that's not possible. So when, uh, when our, because of this thing, this limitation, uh, this thing we call time, why uh, uh, there is much in here. And uh, so, while... Uh, Well, we can't, uh, while we may not, uh, as we look into these chapters here, so you, we could ask the question, uh, you know, the statement, the angel made the statement, the time is at hand. Um, how much of it is, can we take literally and is applicable to us here this morning? Well, I, I believe, I simply believe that there's a degree, a dimensions of Chapter 21 and 22, that's what we're speaking on. I'm not referring to the whole book of Revelations, but I'm referring to these chapters especially. I believe there's a, there's a degree and dimension of these chapters that we can experience presently, present tense. Uh, and that belief is based on, on uh, what is written here. That phrase, for example, for the time is at hand. And also, it's based on my own personal experience. Now, how much of it is present tense? How much of it is future tense? It perhaps, or it depends perhaps on how close you walk with God. And let me explain that. Um, We can't, well, let me say this. The fullness of the, the fullness of these scriptures, I don't believe we can experience until Christ returns. But I, as I said, I believe there's a dimension, there's a degree of it that you and I can experience today. Now, and, and, and I, I will refer to that more as we go through these scriptures, possibly, mostly in the next message. But what I want us to see this morning is, as the emphasis that Steve had is the glory and the beauty of the bride. And I believe that's what God was, I believe that's what God wanted, uh, sent the angel to show John. You know, if you had something that you that was somewhat hidden from someone and uh, you would really desire to show it to him and you couldn't hardly wait maybe to even show it to him. And I get a little bit of that picture here is, you know, <clears throat> of the glory of the bride the glory of the Lamb's wife. You know, the angel comes to John and says, hey, John, come here. I want to show you something. And then he shows John the beauty of that and the glory of that. And it wasn't just for John alone because we have that recorded here this morning. You understand? God is wanting to show us that too. And he shows us that through what he, what he showed John and through these chapters. He is showing us that. And back to the back to the uh, the uh, statement of how much of that can we experience 
I think it depends how close I walk with God, how close we walk with God, how much we can experience that. Now, I think what I think as I thought of, you know, how we, how we can experience that, the dimension and the part that we can experience, I thought of the I thought of marriage. And I believe we can use marriage uh, as an illustration to uh, of uh, of what we can experience in uh, in these chapters here, How, what we can experience present tense. So, as I compare it to marriage, uh, I think of it like this: uh, in in preparing for marriage. I think there's a degree or a foretaste of marriage that can be experienced in a courtship. Like, Jake, you and Brenda, in a sense, you have experienced a foretaste of that, a little bit of what is to come. But, you know, the culmination of that will be once the marriage vows, once the ordinance of marriage is, is performed and... Uh, uh, once you're 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 married, once once you you as a groom take Brenda as your bride, then there's going to be a culmination of what your relationship has um, has been and has led up into that to that marriage, and um, I think that's in a sense how this is. We as we walk with God, and the closer we walk with God, we can. We see these things and we experience these things in part, not in fullness. The culmination of these, of, of what, of what John is seeing here and what God is giving us will be with Christ's return when Christ comes back and takes his bride to himself. But we can this morning already, we can, we have a foretaste, a little bit like a, like a courtship and the, now that's that's the way I I find it, and I I uh, I believe we can experience that. Our present state is somewhat as and uh, Steve, you referred to that verse there, and I had that verse written down there in Second Corinthians eleven two, where Paul told the church there at Corinth, he said, "I am jealous of you with a godly jealousy because I have espoused you as a chaste virgin unto Christ." So I, you're engaged, you're, you're betrothed, you're espoused to Christ. And so that's what we are this morning. That's what the bride of Christ is. And so, you know, it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't seem right, would it? Let's say Jake and Brenda wouldn't ever have known each other. All of a sudden we announce these two people are going to get married. Well, they, they've never really even known each other. They haven't communicated um, have they? Well, maybe they've seen each other. Maybe they didn't even see each other. So, so here we bring these two individuals in, and we marry them, and, and, and you know they go through the ordination of the ordinance of marriage. So, do you see the connection? We wouldn't do that. And you see the connection here. God is preparing us, and we can impart because of our relationship and our walk with God. We can experience impart as you go through and see what all. The uh, the uh, um, the bride 
you see the, the glory of the bride and you see what all she has to offer. You see what all she is. Uh, it's not just all in the abstract. Uh, you know, some sometime maybe we can experience that. We can experience some of that this morning. I am experiencing it, I think, right here this morning to a degree, but not in the fullness. The culmination of that will be when Christ comes back for his bride. And then we will see. Again, you see, Paul said, for now we see through a glass darkly. We see darkly, we see through that. And Jake and Brenda, you have visions of marriage. You see it darkly, but you haven't really experienced it. You will not experience that until the culmination of your, when you when the ordinance of marriage when you embrace that and you become one, then it will be fulfilled. So I, I, I think that's. I think we can use that as a type of what we have here, the present state of the church. We are engaged, as I mentioned, espoused, betrothed to the bridegroom Christ, and the church is to live accordingly. We live accordingly to our courtship or our um, betrothal to the church. We do that in the natural sense as we prepare for marriage when there's a friendship formed. You do that. And certainly you do that. The bride of Christ is called to live accordingly. Now in chapter 21, I'd just like for us to note the focus on the bride, the lamb's wife. In our terminology, we refer to it as the church. Here it calls us the bride, the lamb's wife. And um, I mentioned earlier about the angel that came and tapped John on the shoulder. I don't know if he did or not, but you know, he got his attention and said, hey, I want to show you something. I want to show you the bride, the lamb's wife. I want to show you. And so likewise, this morning, I want to again state to us, God is showing us. We see the glory of the, we see the glory of, of the, uh, of, uh, of the lamb, the bride's, or the, the bride, the lamb's wife. We see the glory of her in here. And it's just marvelous when you think of, of uh, the descriptive terms that are used here. And that is to depict the church so we see how precious she is and what she really is. Now, maybe we don't see her in the dramatic way. Well, I'm sure we don't in the way that John saw her. Obviously, we don't. We don't experience what, you know, in the, drama in the dramatic way that he showed John the church. But we can by faith this morning. We can, by faith, we can see her too. We can see her and we can see she's just on, you know, on the horizon that she's coming back. And shouldn't that really do something for us? Shouldn't that really give us a longing? Shouldn't that be, again, in the sense like the natural sense? I am sure Jacob and Brenda, and I, excuse me for, you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Say my wife and I, as the, as you know, the time drew closer and closer, there was anticipation and we could hardly wait. And I've heard many others say that. 
Is that how it is for us this morning as we think of the church? You think about that? You can hardly wait as you see the glory of the church here. I think it should do that for us at least to a degree. When you look into this and you see, and I, I just think God is, is tapping us on the shoulder too this morning. And I just again marveled how our service, Steve, the Lord laid that burden on Steve. And there was a number of other things that I thought I'd preach on, but I just simply had no rest until I came back to these chapters. I don't know, does that mean, I know it's just on the horizon, but it should should really stir us and should really, um, um, you know, as, as we, as we, we're, we are, as I would look at it, we're in the courtship stage. Now, maybe, you know, please correct me if I'm saying something that's not scriptural. But I look at us as a church this morning, we're in the courtship stage. And we're beyond that. We have already, we're betrothed. We're espoused, like Paul said there to the church at Corinth. He said, I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy, not the way that human je- because I've espoused you. And he was, he was very concerned that the church there at Corinth lives accordingly. And are we not this morning, brethren, here at Shade Mountain? Let's make it personal. Are we not to live accordingly to our betrothal to the church? You know, we, God shows us the glory. And then we realize that this is, this is the bridegroom and he's coming back. And we're betrothed. And I am sure, again, picking on Jacob and Brenda, they're not living carelessly with their relationship. I don't think they are. I, I, what couple that is serious will live carelessly in regards to their relationship with one another and how they relate and how they look forward to coming together And that day when that marriage, when it culminates in marriage. And my point is, as a church, as the people of God, surely we see the seriousness of the church and our betrothal and where we're at, how we ought to live and conduct ourselves. Just a couple things to notice here. In chapter 21, again, to stir us, um, and Steve had read that to us too. John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Um, notice, as we think of, as we think of the church, the glory of, the glory of the, um, of the, um, church, the glory of the, of the bride, the lamb's wife. Notice what the scripture calls her. John saw her in verse 21, or chapter 21, he saw her, and she's called that great city, the holy Jerusalem. In verse 2 of the, I think it's verse 2 here, she's called the new Jerusalem. Notice that terminology that she's given. And the glory of God is 
She's overshadowed. She's shrouded with the glory of God. Her light was like unto stone, most precious. It says, even as a jasper stone. And in verse 18 of chapter, we're still in chapter 21, it says the building of the wall of it was of jasper. Jasper. Well, do you know what jasper, you know what a jasper stone is? You know, do you know what it symbolizes? And, and maybe, maybe all the definitions are not always all correct. But jasper is known as the supreme nurturer. It sustains and support and it sustains and supports through times of stress and brings tranquility and wholeness. Think of the church. Think of that holy city. Think of what she is and what she's made of. And it says the city was pure gold. We don't need any introduction to gold. Man doesn't. He's gold crazy and gold hungry. But he doesn't apply it spiritually most time. But it says the city was pure gold. Um, We don't know anything like that, do we? And then as we, you know, go through there, and I read that, all the manners of precious stone. There was 12 stones mentioned there. And it says the foundations there. uh, I think it says, yeah, it says here, the wall of the city had 12 foundations. That's in verse 14. The name of the 12 apostles of the Lamb were written there. Um, and uh, uh, in Ephesians, yeah, I think it's in Ephesians 3, where, or is it 2? Where it speaks about the church. I'll notice that quickly. Um, that Paul refers to that. He, this is what he tells us as those, uh, those of us who are courting the, uh, this holy city, the, uh, the, uh, the bride, the lamb's wife. This is what Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, Now, therefore, ye are no, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You see, you see that same thing here. You see that in chapter 21, it said, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them the name of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Just compare scripture with scripture. the same thing. It's there. And um, I think it's just, um, uh, and then each one of those that foundation, each one had their own precious stone. And, you know, he's giving us this. So we, can we, in our minds, can we picture this, the city and the church? And we call her the church this morning, the church of the living God. And uh, that uh, we can, and I trust are, a part of through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I just want to say a little bit about what we face today as the people of God and the enemy of the church and of this holy city, this new Jerusalem, this great city. And I don't want to close with a negative spin on the message here. 
But, as I thought of all this, I, my heart was saddened. Uh, really, really, I think it's sad. Indeed, I believe it's tragic how here on earth man has marred and tarnished the glory of the bride, the Lamb's wife. It's really sad when you consider that. And man has done so through his own carnality. It's not, it's not, and through the work of the enemy, man has done so. I thought of the words of the prophet Jeremiah in Lamentations, and it could well be said of today. You know, Jeremiah lamented, he said, and from the daughter of Zion, all her beauty is departed. Isn't that tragic? And I'm just giving you that, just injecting that in as a warning. If, you know, what does the church mean to you this morning? Do you see her glory and you see it's just on the horizon and you see that there'll be a culmination of what it goes on here in in uh, in the end, as this chapter ends, and then going into chapter 22, there'll be a culmination on the wedding day of the bride when Christ comes back for his bride. Don't want to leave a negative note on that. So I want to tell you this morning that even though man may mar and tarnish her image, he can never change what she really is. Never. All the world's, all the king's horses and all the king's men and all the world's forces can band together and try to hide the glory of the bride, the lamb's wife, and make her look like she's all anything but what chapter 21 and 22 give us. They can make her and try to paint her anything. And it's tragic because man has done that. Man does that. Someone was asked once, why don't you become part of the bride of Christ? You know what the answer was? There's too much garbage there. Garbage? Is that, where do you find that? It's what man, it's what we have done through our own carnality. It's what we have done to mar and tarnish the beauty of the bride. And that's tragic. But the positive side is, we can never, man can never change it. And that's the point we want to keep in mind. It doesn't matter what the church is painted like by people, by man in his carnality. It does not, well, it does matter. But it doesn't matter in regards to changing what she really is. You understand? Man can never change what she really is. Praise the Lord for that. God showed John what she really is. That's what he was doing. God wanted to show John. And maybe John was at the point in life, you know. I don't know. You know, John had been banned on the Isle of Patmos there, separated for, I don't know how long. Uh, probably what he had seen and what he had experienced and what the apostles had experienced the birth of the church there in Jerusalem. And we read, you know, we're reading about the persecutions and what the believers and so forth, what they had. Glorious? Does it look anything like what we see in Revelations? Not really. Not really. 
But that's what man is doing. Man can never change the glory of the bride, the Lamb's wife. God wanted John to see her, what she really, see the bride. And John probably needed that. I need that this morning. I think we need that in the age, the church age we're living in. We need that. We need to keep in mind what the glory of the bride looks like, what she really is, the lamb's wife. We need to keep that vision. We need to keep in focus what it really is. Because it's as the songwriter says, nothing in this cold, dark land encourages us to stand. Not if we just look at it in a um, horizontal level, but vertical if we look, look up. And we see God. I'm just so blessed this morning as he, you know, the end of the Bible here, he brings out these two chapters is so needful as we approach the end times that we lose not the glory. We don't lose sight of that. It's there. It's there, beloved. It's there. But the question is, do, do I see it? Do you see it? If we are where we're at, and I refer back to what I said earlier, I think it depends a lot on how close I walk with God and how close you walk with God. We can see her. Today we can see her, even though it is through a glass darkly. Someday we shall see her in fullness as she really is. Praise the Lord. Let's kneel for prayer.